I'm Jason Harmon, and this is API Intersection, where you'll get insights from experienced API practitioners to learn best practices on things like API design, governance, identity auth, versioning, and more. Welcome back to API Intersection. Uh, so it's it's funny over the course of you know the year and change we've been doing uh, the the podcast here. I think our most common refrain is that you know uh, these sort of big transformations uh, when it comes to you know using APIs to maybe redefine your company as a platform. Um, the hard part's not tech; it's it's quite often the culture. Uh, so I'm. Particularly intrigued today to talk with Sachin Castellino, our guest uh, from In Solutions Global, um, who is their Chief Strategy and Transformation Officer. So, uh, Sachin, thanks so much for taking time to join us. Uh, thank you for having me. And my co-host, as always, Anna. Thanks again. Pleasure to be here. All right. So, uh, Sachin, you're at In Solutions Global, uh, which I know, in some sense. Uh, the in and in solutions is India, and there's payments, and there's all kinds of uh, interesting global countries y'all are in. But tell me more about it. Yeah, so uh, so ISG we at, at ISG we provide uh, real time payment services uh, to to financial institutions, and now uh, we're expanding that uh, uh, to merchants, uh, to government uh, government entities, and to education institutions as well. And and as we go along, we're we're, we're further further trying to expand that. Um, and I have been in the organization um, now for the last uh, for the last decade, a little over a decade now, uh, and I've been in job rotation within the organization, right? So, so I've done uh, I've done work in HR, project management, technology, and product, uh, and that's that's where I got introduced to to understanding. Uh, product and, and all the products that we do and and payments can can get can get very 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 complex very very quickly right and and the technology change that is uh, constantly there um, is absolutely phenomenal uh, but where I started to actually learn uh, how to potentially manage these technology triggers was when I took over in 2016 I took over um, Doing our international uh, business and sales, All right? So, so this was now more of a customer-facing role, and and go okay, just understand from the customer what is it that they're trying to trying to achieve, and uh, because of my product background, it was like okay, now this is how we try and deliver it. Um, what I realized throughout that is that while customers say that oh, this is what we want, actually because they don't know everything that's out there, right? So, so, so what ends up happening is that there's, there's, there's an underlying pain point uh, behind those solutions that they're talking about. And, and looking at that underlying pain point and then creatively coming up with something is, is, is something that um, ISG has been, uh, has been working on with customer centricity in mind. So it's kind of remarkable. You don't hear a lot of product people that take on a, a sales role or a business development role directly. Uh, what did you learn from that experience and what would you share with other product people who would be interested in that? Yeah. So see, for, for me, I think, um, uh, so when I was in, in the product side, right? So what we, what we used to do uh, initially saying, calling it customer centricity, we used to do whatever the customer said, right? So uh, in a way, 
what it it worked because because we we were constantly innovating with what the customer is saying that we should do. We always then had a customer for whatever we built, right? Uh, the 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 challenge that we face with that is that sometimes um, adoption was not uh, was not there for for like so it, it's there for one customer, but it's not going across, right? And and we weren't able to pinpoint exactly why this is happening. Uh, we're like, okay, this and and customers obviously are very knowledgeable about what is it that they want and what is it that they're trying to get built. And we were just wondering as to what is it that we're that we're doing incorrectly, right? So from a product standpoint, we were always like run, running and trying to chase deadlines and, and trying to get the get that done. When I moved into sales, right, uh, that's when I started to understand the abstract nature of some of these conversations. Right. So so the customers uh, themselves are just trying to figure this out. Right. So so they, they see a pain point, then they, they're like, oh, OK, let's try and find a solution like this. Right. And, and more often than not, as as uh, as tech, all we see is that face of that. Oh, this is the solution that is needed. We don't see that that the thinking that goes behind in, in trying to to get to that solution. From a sales standpoint, I got like insight into seeing how they talk about their pains and how they they're like, okay, this is what we're facing a challenge with. How do we solve this? All right. So so getting involved in that conversation and that abstract conversation with a product background uh, that helped me. That that helped me massively, and it it is what is driving uh, a lot of my strategy and transformation work uh, throughout the organization. There's two things in there about the the job of product that I love that you touched on. One is don't build a better horse, right? Like find yeah. out what job they're trying to do and and build something that uh, solves the problem. Don't just uh, ask what they want because that yeah. often is not as good of a result as it could be. And two is talk to your customers. Uh, it's yeah. shocking how many product teams never actually talk to a customer, and right. uh, it's impossible to figure out what they want that way. Mm. Um, so the, the other thing that you were touching on in there, I think is, is very simply that, um, that reuse is one of the most important things in, in building products. And to your point, it sounds like you were building a lot of kind of more single use case bespoke things for particular customers. Mm. And to me, that's like the heart of building platforms. So is that kind of, you know, been this shift for you guys in platform thinking? Yes. Uh, so I, I think um, uh, for us, yes, the, 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 the doing what the customer says sort of approach gave us sustainability in terms of uh, long, uh, longevity. But uh, we were obviously having a challenge with scalability, right? So, so our ability to scale across the, firstly across the nation and then across the globe uh, without a platform thought process uh, that that wouldn't come in. Um, so the mindset shift um, from at, at least from my perspective uh, was to start to use models right so so there's there's a great communication model uh, that is the business model canvas and and all the things that are around that right there's a customer proposition value proposition and then the entire design thinking approach. Um, which I have started to now get all stakeholders involved with it, 
So it's it's sales to product to even developers and operations, right? So so everyone gets involved with it. Uh, it's a common language that we now uh, that we now start to speak. And what we end up doing here now is to is to ensure that product people are speaking to customers, are understanding. Uh, and and if, if you've seen those canvases, right, they, it asks specific questions that says that, okay, have you identified the pains, right? So these are all the pains. Have you done it? It's a great checklist for any product person to, to have a look at it like, okay, I don't know this, right? Do, well, I understand this is the solution, but I don't understand X, Y, Z, right? And and whether, whether I've understood the jobs, pains, and gains of a customer. Uh, that to me is where uh, understanding the customer profile is what is a step forward towards that platform thinking, where we where we say we have an understanding that now this is our customer profile. So instead of going solution first, it's now just understanding this is my customer profile. This is what I'm, what we're trying to solve, and then from there to say that okay, now this is how we can build a platform that is scalable and uh, uh, and and move forward from there. Speaking Anna's language and product marketing here, all these customer profiles. And... Sure. Um, so, well, I do have a question about that. So you said you, you have to make an effort to get everyone to speak the same language. In prepping yeah. for this uh, interview in your, um, uh, your prep deck, it said uh, you experienced what you would call a threat or people with the feeling of a threat. What was it like encountering folks who weren't speaking the language, and what have you done to help get over that hump? So I, I think um, initially, right? So um, okay, so 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 an example I can give is this, right? So if a customer, uh, if if we see in the market that there is, which is happening today, where uh, people want to start building out their own UI and UXs, right? So when we talk about financial institutions or other fintechs, et cetera, okay? They want a payments platform at the back, but they want to build their own UI and UXs because that's their USP. Uh, that is what differentiates them in the market. Uh, now, there are two ways of approaching this, right? One way is to just say that, okay, the salespeople or somebody knows this or, or the marketing team knows this, and all they go to the product guy and the, uh, and the, the development guys is like, hey, guys, build APIs, right? And these guys just really don't know why they're building these APIs. They're like, no, no, just build the APIs and just get it done. The second approach, of course, is to say, guys, uh, the, the, these customers are looking for their own UI and UX. They want it to be their USB. What can we use to, to achieve this? And the answer can be APIs. The answer can be BPM, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there, there can be various technology tools that we come in uh, that we can come in as a set, uh, and we can and we can move this forward. So the first style of communication is is abrasive. It's it's a little threatening, right? So it says that oh, build APIs. So then the UI UX team looks and goes like, okay, so are you trying to make us redundant or what's going on? And and it's not clear, right, as to why we're uh, why we're doing this. What I've seen in my experience is that um, actually embracing technology, all it means is that people can do more, right? So uh, rather than saying that uh, they, they can learn more, uh, they can do more. So rather than saying that, oh, uh, 
I'm going to be redundant. The, the, the piece of this customer centricity is what galvanizes people together, right? So I, I haven't met any operations developer, product person that says that, oh, I'm not going to solve this customer pain point, right? So, so they, they, they don't want to build something and keep it in their laptops. Uh, they, they actually want it in, in, in front of the customer. And, and the simple thing for me is that, okay, let's show them that what challenges the customers are facing. As as our VP of engineering often says, you know, if uh, if you don't enjoy solving problems all day long, uh, especially for other people, then you might not be in the right business of uh, building software. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, change is hard, right? Uh, I think that's what you're kind of touching on here, and um, it's like kind of how to predict what what is the future going to look like for where we're going. Like, uh, have you kind of seen that any sort of, you know, defining vision or being more transparent with strategy, those sorts of things have made that any easier? I think uh, it has made it a little bit more scalable. Uh, the people are now um, open to understanding why technology uh, transformations are needed. That's one. Number two, one of the biggest thought process that we are driving through is that transformation is, there's no end goal for this, right? So transformation sometimes is an abrasive term. Uh, it's, 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 it's an ongoing process, right? So, so my goal and my aim within the organization is to, uh, is to ensure that there is a method for everybody for now and in the future to think about uh, how... Uh, things are changing in the market and not to uh, be overwhelmed by it, but actually just put it in a structure and then say that, okay, so today these uh, these are new things that have come in. Uh, leave that aside for one second. This is our structure that talks about this is the customer. This, this, is, this is how we're going to solve their challenges. Now let's see in our toolkit, in our tool set, and which is where uh, providers, so providers like Stoplight for, for example, providers like the AWS is yours, et cetera, right? They, they, there's so many, so many organizations, great organizations out there to help us. Uh, but if we don't define, the, define what these challenges are and how, how we want to protect, uh, particularly approach this, um, none of these organizations can particularly help us, right? So, uh, so for me, uh, the underlying uh, piece in, in a nutshell would be is that keep the customer in mind uh, and I and I and I really like, uh, for example, Simon Sinek's way of talking about an infinite game, right? So so there is this, this is not a finite end goal, right? So so we need to keep moving forward, keep trudging forward, and keep moving along. Yeah, it always makes me think. Um, I, I worked in the manufacturing sector for a while, and um, they did all this kind of lean manufacturing stuff, and we do these kaizen workshops, right? And like right. kaizen. The, the Japanese word is basically constant improvement, right? They, and and I think the mindset that goes with it, that like, it's not that anyone's doing anything wrong. We can just always do better. Um, mm. I, I think some of that kind of Kaizen spirit is in what I, a lot of these transformation efforts are all about. Um, you know, I'll admit here, I think for listeners, they might be reaching the point of going, this is a lot of fuzzy, what is transformation, right? Like, what exactly are we talking about? So like, when you look at, especially in kind of engineering circles, you know, what are the kind of specific behaviors or kind of changes in approach 
um, you know, that, that you're looking for or that you've seen work well? Okay. Um, I think, uh, the first thing is, and, and, and if we, if we, if we actually do an, um, analogy along with like systems, right. Uh, an API is a great example, right? So, so APIs are, uh, consistent ways of communicating between systems, right? Similarly, now, if we take that into the real world, uh, having consistent ways of communicating between people uh, is, is, is extremely important because that consistency and that discipline uh, needs to be designed, right? So, so today, today we take, take language as, a, as, as something that is, yeah, it's a given, you know English, I know English, so we're going to understand each other. Uh, which isn't necessarily true. Uh, so, which is uh, which is where, for me, from a transformation standpoint, the first thing that that I had to come in and do was to see how people are communicating across the organization and whether there's a design. Uh, there wa- there wasn't, uh, and and I and I've seen this across a lot of organizations. Right, their, their communication designs are are uh, are are pretty much non-existent uh, across a lot of them. Right, so. Um, so the first thing that I, uh, I worked on was to say that, okay, if we're communicating a business idea, this is the format, this is how you go about it. These are the rules, uh, right? If you're communicating like a service issue, this is the format, this, this is, uh, this, these are the rules, right? So the first thing for me was, uh, set up a clear communication design across the organization. Uh, then the second thing is to, is to tell everyone that, look, uh, just because there's the word transformation in my title does not mean that every room they're entering, I'm trying to transform. So, uh, so because uh, as, as coming to your point, right, they, uh, people can think about this and say that, oh, uh, am I doing something wrong? Right. And, and that's not the case. Uh, it, was, it was fine for when, when you did it. Uh, it worked. And that's the reason why we're having this conversation that we can be better. Uh, if if that person hadn't taken, let's say, for example, certain shortcuts, or uh, even uh, in terms of technical debt, like so, taken on certain technical debt, taken certain shortcuts, even in product builds, uh, for for that short term to just grab that business, uh, we wouldn't have be even having this conversation, right? So it's like I'm more than happy. I I I have work and I have a job because you guys took those calls got the business in and now we're just trying to improve it right that's it so um i think that message going out to everybody right is that we're fine we're just getting better and 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 uh structuring the language in which uh with these messages go out i think is extremely important um and i think would be the first thing from a transformation standpoint or this is the first thing that i did that that i see working um that that i think uh, every organization should think about um another element i've seen before having been involved in some of these you know transformational efforts is that you get kind of um organizational siloing that cuts down these communication channels but where the rubber meets the road and, and the problem really emerges is that um, code isn't being shared effectively so i'm curious you know sort of uh, inner sourcing approaches or, you know, just kind of different ways of providing code sharing and um, kind of cutting down on duplication of effort 
you know, is this sort of a, a practical theme that you've seen? It's it's something that we all want to aspire and, uh, uh, and, and, and get to, right? Uh, I, I have uh, – uh, so, so whenever I sit with a board and CEO and everyone goes like, oh, this person's doing this and this person's doing this, actually the same thing. Like, yes, I understand. Uh, but at that point in time, they needed to get certain things done and uh, this is what happened, right? So – uh, and, and, and to touch to your point about silos, right? So, so my personal view here is uh, it depends on how the silo is structured. So if, if the silo becomes self-sufficient uh, and, and we have those, those pockets within the organization, right, where, where there is the, the product, technology, ops, and network security, everybody's there, right? They, they really don't need anybody else. And, and, and they can function and work and they keep the customer happy because uh, deliveries are quicker, everything moves faster, uh, and, and, and they're able to move with speed. So I, the, the way I look at it is silos aren't necessarily bad. There are pitfalls or risks or challenges. Uh, and uh, so to, so to touch, uh, touching to your point, um, and this is what we're working on and uh, uh, going forward, which is where to say that, okay, the idea is not to necessarily cut down on silos. The, the reason why silos start to become a little dangerous is when there's no communication. And so the idea would be is to, is to try and target uh, how does communication come out as quick as possible from that one uh, little silo to, to the next, right? So, so we can potentially... Uh, then using technology, and uh, that's one of the main reasons why something like Stoplight uh, is, is, is we, we bought into that. Because, because from a structure perspective, uh, I'm more than happy for, for people to, to be self-sufficient and, uh, and to be able to deliver quick things out into the market. I don't really believe in a lot of hierarchies. Uh, but at the same time, and given today's technological world, right, so... Uh, we need to equip, uh, and I, I need. I'm working on equipping the entire teams to be able to communicate as soon as possible, rather than to say that oh, I need to break down the silos. So yeah, so so that that is my approach towards uh, towards this code sharing uh, and trying to avoid rework as much as possible. So I have to add, first of all, I, I haven't put Sasha enough to putting in these stoplight plugs. Uh, you know, you know me, I'm not a shill here, but, um, and I, I would also call out, I mean, I think some of the things that you're talking about, you know, you're talking about kind of functions, right? And there's nothing wrong with being organized around function. Um, for me, it's like if, if a silo becomes like a power center and that creates friction with other power centers right um and kind of power dynamics and just being honest about the situation that's really like that's where things can break down and uh you just have dysfunction and to me it's like it's not you know do product and engineers talk perfectly no never <laughs> right like they're never going uh, designers and engineers speak a different language for instance right like it's fine uh, that we have functions and that we have you know kind of uh, boxes that we put those things in. But to me, it's about breaking down those kind of, you know, weird power dynamics and getting everyone collaborating more. 
Uh, but anyways, just my take. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. You know, I'd, I'd also I'd like to thank you here for, uh, you know, sometimes I think you know folks come on to the podcast and feel like you know we need to show how we've got it all together and we got everything perfect. And and I really love that you're being transparent about, hey, you know, we're we're on a journey here, man. There's a lot of, a lot to do, and some things we're still aspiring, we're still working on. So, I mean, when you look at it. And I know you already said this is a never-ending thing, but you know how far kind of along the journey are you guys? Is this still early stages? Um, you know how kind of complete or comprehensive do you feel like you are at this point? Um, so yeah, so so one thing about me is that I'm I'm never satisfied. So so I'm constantly in, in my <laughs> mind, I'm like I'm I'm still on day one. Uh, but uh, we we've, we've been uh, we I think we've been embarking on this journey for uh, it, it's it's been almost two years now. Um, yeah. Where where we where we consciously took this decision, right? So uh, unconsciously things were happening, right? Like where where we were saying that okay, we we were being reactive to uh, to to market forces and we were being reactive to what a customer is saying or what people are saying, etc. Right? Uh, but I think two years ago uh, we had just taken this call. Uh, so this was right before COVID. So, so two three years now actually. So we're 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 taking uh, we're, yeah, COVID's just melded time a little bit. So, uh, so so three years ago we had taken this call and we said that okay, we we need to consciously look at uh, how we're doing these communications. We need to consciously look at uh, how we're uh, approaching technology. Right. So because prior to that, we had like these pockets. Right. So so we had a pocket that was working on cloud. There's another pocket working on AI, someone else working on something else. There was one that was working on in-memory processing. Someone else was building uh, their own in-memory processing stacks uh, and things like that. Right. It was it was uh, like when I still take stock of like the number of things people have done. Uh, I'm like, we've got some really brilliant guys who have like gone and like tried to do things that that I wouldn't even dare like touching and saying that, oh, you've got to do this. Like they've just gone and done it. Um, but yeah, the approach was it was uh, it, it was slightly reactive. So three years ago, like, no, nah, we've got to be a little bit more proactive about uh, what we're investing in and how how uh, this this technology change will take place. Um, all right. So if you've uh, ever listened to the show before, and uh, don't worry, I don't assume that you have, uh, the most common thing that we'll always kind of poke at here is like, all right, you got three years hindsight now. Uh, it sounds like you got kind of a lot of irons in the fire. There's a lot going on with, you know, trying to drive change. Um, you know, what kind of wisdom would you pass on to other folks in terms of someone listening going, that's a lot, like, where would I start? You know, where would be the most sensible place to start thinking about kind of making a transformational change? So, so for me, I think the initial start, uh, at least for me, it was myself, right? So just like sit down one day, just look through my week and see how much am I reacting to, right? So how many things am I reacting to? What's coming my way? Uh, and how am I doing this reaction, right? Is it just off the cuff things? Is it... Uh, is it things we go like, okay, very quickly, like, oh, no, do this, do this, do this, like things on the fly, or how much of it is actually planned? Right? So, so, so from a transformation journey, uh, I think the initial thing to look at is, is the mindset that, 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 that we approach this transformation with. Uh, 
one example, right? Uh, while I was in product, uh, I was always uh, thinking of everything should be perfect, right? Like system, once things are live, it should just work smoothly. There should be no challenges. We will have the right team in place. Anything happens, blah, 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 right? Uh, we all know in reality that's not how life works. And, and for me, accepting that uh, was one of a big transformation for myself, right? It's okay to have technical debt. Uh, it is okay for certain people to have taken those shortcuts. This is uh, the nature of the business, right? Uh, for me, I, I, I have seen this with certain other organizations. Uh, the, the people who don't accept that, oh, this, there's this technical debt and things that are, that are needed, they spend up they spent a lot of time admiring a problem, right? So it would just be like, wow, what a beautiful problem, right? And then like, when are we going to talk about solving this, right? And um, this is something uh, uh, for us, we're like, I'm, I'm just much more happier taking on that technical debt and taking on uh, those aspects and, and that mindset shift to say, it's fine. It's okay. Let's move. Let's move. Let's go forward. Uh, that was one of my transformations that I needed to do. Uh, so I, I would say anybody listening to this, just, just think about like, where is that mindset shift potentially needed? Maybe, maybe someone's absolutely perfect and, and, and absolutely suited for the role. Uh, for me, I had to, I had to really introspect uh, before I started to talk about how I can uh, work and help with the organization. I love it. It sounds like the the twelve steps of a of a transfer of a change junkie, right? Like, have you uh, have you gotten to the part where you made amends for all the past uh, transgressions? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, not yet. No, it's I, just I, I love that though. <laughs> I love I love the introspection and and that um, it's it is about the mindset, and I think that's that's the bit that. I've certainly seen and, and a lot of you know smart folks have have talked about that it's like it's how you think about problems right um and I love that you're calling out that uh sometimes just admitting there's a problem and admitting that everybody has problems like this and it's kind of normal when you're building software and it's yeah. like what you do about it that counts right so super yeah. cool well, Sasha, it feels like a good place to wrap up. Any other uh, words of wisdom or things you want to highlight for us? Oh, well, uh, I, I think, uh, uh, like, while, while I've plugged in, plugged in a lot about stoplights, so, so what, 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 I would, yeah, what, what I would like to put in as well is that one of the reasons why um, uh, this, this journey and, and we embarked on this journey, we're actually launching our, our platform, our payments as a service platform, this September. Uh, and uh, we, we've got we've got a couple of large financial institutions that are going live, uh, live with it. One's already live, uh, and another one that's uh, that's going live with it as well. So, so to your point about where we are in the journey from a platform standpoint, we're very close. We're almost there. So, uh, awesome. but yeah, just the beginning. Very cool. Well, yeah, I think by the time. Uh this actually goes live it'll probably be around the same time so we'll uh we'll get the link from you by then because uh, I, I won't ask for ask you for it now because i know how that goes there's probably a war over what the link will be <laughs> yeah, perfect cool well i really appreciate it session and uh thanks again as always anna all right thank, thank you. you thanks for having me 
API Intersection podcast listeners are invited to sign up for Stoplight and save up to $650. Use the code Intersection10 to get 10% off a new subscription to Stoplight Platform Starter or Pro. Take a look at this episode's description for more details. Thanks for listening. If you have a question you want to ask, look in the description of whichever platform you're viewing or listening on, and there should be a link there so you can go submit a question, and we'll do our best to find out the right answer for you.